Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A video game villain is always going to be a video game villain. So should we really be surprised that sometimes they show up in their titles and kill other bosses? Maybe not, but it uh, does rob the player somewhat of a brilliant boss battle, which makes them even more dastardly. Oh, they're cads. Anyway, let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are 10 video game bosses who killed other bosses. Number 10. Darth Vader. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Set between the events of Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, it was probably inevitable that the writers of A Fallen Order would find a way to shoehorn Darth Vader in there somewhere. The iconic series baddie makes quite an appearance at the very end of the game in the Imperial Moonbase Fortress. When Cal defeats Trilla, the second sister of the Inquisitors, Vader appears behind her with all the appropriate smoky ambience to confront her about her failure. And, as his track record mandates, he expresses his disappointment with, um, well, the very sharp and burny end of his lightsaber, killing Trilla and then turning menacingly towards the player. Oh my god, I get to fight Darth Vader, you're probably squealing at this point, forgetting that, yes, he's just robbed you of a boss battle. And also the answer is yes and no, because the stage is absolutely set for a boss fight and you are free to wail on him all you want, but you'll quickly discover that there's a distinct lack of health bar for your armoured adversary and none of your attacks will ever land because he is an absolute badass after all. It's an unwinnable fight that soon transitions into a scripted escape sequence, but the epic setup and deception of the encounter still totally counts. Number 9. Emperor Daviculus Brutal Legend So Brutal Legend is, unfortunately, a game famous for not quite knowing what genre it is, or at least what to market itself as. What starts the game as a fairly simple hack-and-slash RPG quickly turns into a full real-time strategy that lets you get stuck into fights yourself along with your teammates. It's a good design, but a lot of people's felt a little bit short-changed. As such, almost every battle after the halfway point of the game can be considered a kind of boss fight, seeing as you have to destroy the rival band's stage and usually there's a champion on the battle, and Ophelia definitely is one of these bosses, seeing as she goes from Eddie Riggs' love interest into a, well, as the game puts it, an emo. She challenges you to a stage battle against herself and her new band, The Drowning Doom. Though Eddie believes Ophelia to be working for the demon Emperor Doviculus, it turns out that Doviculus was just manipulating her all along and, in a shock twist, tears her heart out from her back, leaving her to dissolve into black sludge. 
After an equally hectic battle with the tainted coil, Eddie faces off against Aviculus for real, slicing off his head with his trusty axe. Though he's ultimately able to rescue Ophelia's soul from the Sea of Black Tears and restore her to how she was, the death of her dark self is a totally unexpected moment and really lets you know just how much of a fight you're in for straight after. Number 8. Biolizard slash Final Hazard Sonic Adventure 2 As if one so-called ultimate lifeform wasn't enough, the final act of Sonic Adventure 2 pulls another one out for you to dig your supersonic quills into. And of course, it just so happens to be attached to a space station capable of destroying planets, <laughs> obviously. The Biolizard was created by Dr. Robotnik's grandfather, as a prototype version of what would eventually become Shadow the Hedgehog. The beast was abandoned on the space colony arc for decades, and only when Eggman boots up the space station again does it resurface to cause untold chaos. Shadow, the true ultimate life form, is fought twice during the hero's campaign, though in the game's final moments during the Biolizard's second stage as the final hazard, he and Sonic form an alliance using the Chaos Emeralds to defeat the creature in their super forms. The fight takes all of Shadow's energy and he plummets down to Earth, accepting his fate. Now, Granted, this isn't technically a death as Shadow is virtually immortal and indeed comes back the very next game in the series, but in Sonic Adventure 2 at least he's very much treated as being dead, leading one to believe that his later return might have actually been something of an unfortunate retcon. Number 7. Master Seymour Final Fantasy X even when they're trying to convince you otherwise, sometimes you can just tell a character's going to be a villain from the moment you first see them. Case in point, Seymour Guado, a maston of the Yevon religion who seems just a little bit too powerful and a little bit too eccentric not to get your suspicions up straight away. And wouldn't you know it, yes, he is indeed evil. You fight him three times over the course of the game, no less, and each time he's much harder and more elaborate as you get closer to your goal. Before all of this, however, he does try to make you think that he's a good guy, believe it or not. Shortly after after meeting him, your party is set upon by a huge centipede-like beast known as the Sin Spawn Gui. You're on your own for the first round, but as the creature begins to weaken, Seymour steps in to lend a hand with his all-powerful magic. Helping you is purely out of his own self-interest, obviously, and it's technically possible for one of your own teammates to deal the final blow before he arrives, but given how massively overpowered Seymour is compared to the rest of you, it's more than likely this beast will die by his hand. So yeah, boss killing another boss. Number 6. Red Hood – Batman Arkham Knight Jason Todd, aka the Red Hood, first makes himself known in the Arkhamverse as the eponymous masked villain, the Arkham Knight. As soon as he reveals his identity, Jason abandons his visor in favor of a new high-tech mask. A red one, in fact. You see where this is going? Far from a conventional boss fight, taking down Red Hood involves clearing multiple rooms of enemies in Predator encounters, then sneaking past his sniper sights to corner him on his vantage point. Afterwards, Jason disappears, only showing up again briefly at the end to aid Batman, having had a change of heart. The Red Hood DLC story pack documents the start of Jason Todd's solo chrome fighting career, one with a much less subtle approach than Batman. He tracks down Black Mask, a character who has fought as a boss three times in the series in total, and definitively kicks him out of a window to his death. This enemy-turned-anti-hero is certainly not shy about killing, so perhaps it's not such a shock after all that he'd end up delivering one of Gotham's most wanted to their maker. Number 5. Executioner Smo Dark Souls Given how famously hard this boss fight is, you'll probably not be thrilled to learn that half of it isn't even your own victory to claim. If you go after Dragon Slayer Ornstein first, that is. Once you get his health down to zero, Ornstein collapses on the ground and seconds later is smashed into a pulp by his mate, Executioner Smo. Now, you might think that Smo was just making sure that his dead ally's lightning powers did not go to waste, but if you look closer, you'll see that the Lionheart's hand is still moving right before the slam, making him very much alive when Smo subjects him to his man's side 
sized hammer. There's a clear explanation for this in the game, though. Item descriptions state that Ornstein is one of the four knights of Gwyn, a group that Smo yearned to be a part of, but his barbaric cruelty would forever deny him that position. Naturally, Smo must be insanely jealous of his spear wielding associate, so you can just imagine the primal satisfaction he got from taking this opportunity to finish him off. A true blink in your miss it factoid, but one that makes the elusive story of Dark Souls that much richer. Number 4. Let's Shake. No More Heroes. So No More Heroes is a franchise that has brilliant boss battles, but unfortunately one that you never really actually get to encounter appears in the first game when you try to take on Let's Shake. So Let's Shake has got this weapon called the Earthquake Maker, which um, well apparently makes earthquakes, and if that sounds a bit vague, it's because of the fact that this disaster blaster never actually gets to fire because it's actually killed by Travis Touchdown's family member Henry just as the battle's about to warm up, which makes it um quite disappointing to say the least after going through all of those bloody chores and earning all that money just to be able to buy an entrance fee just to, well, watch somebody else kill it. Luckily, the boss battle with Henry at the very end of the game makes it all the worthwhile. Number 3. Ishin the Sword Saint Sekiro Shadows Die Twice Where Sekiro Shadows Die Twice differs from the traditional From Software formula is having a less opaque and more linear storyline. This allows for a number of important characters to make multiple story-vital appearances, and this includes bosses that you've actually previously defeated. Lord Genichiro Ashina is one such boss that Wolf must fight three times over the course of the game, seemingly making him the main antagonist of Shadows Die Twice. Poetically, when you finally put an end to him, it's in the very place that you first encountered him at the beginning of the game, an encounter that cost Wolf his arm. In this fight, Genichiro wields the Black Mortal Blade, the twin of the Red Mortal Blade that Wolf holds. Once he is defeated, he slits his own throat with the blade, which would have served to kill him by his own hand, but an entire second body claws its way out of the wound. This is Ishin Ashina, the legendary warrior of old, who has returned to exact his grandson's vengeance. And thus you have a true final boss of the game. All through the story you're told how much of a fearsome fighter that Ishin was in his prime, and before you even lock blades with him, seeing him writhe his way out of his own descendant should give you a pretty good idea of who you're fighting here. Number 2. Alex Mercer Prototype 2 once the reluctant anti-hero, now an unstoppable force of evil in the world, Alex Mercer reappears in Prototype 2 to take on the series' new protagonist, James Heller. A living incarnation of the Blacklight virus, Mercer has begun to infect select people within Gentech and Blackwatch, making them into the Evolved, that have powers much like his own. Though Heller is one of these, technically speaking, he's certainly not about to side with the man who caused the deaths of his wife and daughter. Several Evolved feature as bosses throughout Prototype 2, making for some pretty evil Evenly matched fights. At the very end of the game, when Heller fights his way to the heart of the Red Zone, the birthplace of the virus, Mercer is there waiting for him with one last trick up his sleeve. He absorbs all of the Evolved that he has created, consuming them and assimilating their powers to become a terrifying amalgam of all of their skills. The boss fight that ensues is anything but easy, which is pretty fair enough considering he's now technically many, many bosses rolled into one. And number one, Aldrich, Devourer of Gods, Dark Souls 3. Unlike the others on this list, you never actually see the mysterious Lord of Cinder killing anything other than yourself, yet the in-game lore and item descriptions reveal some pretty horrifying facts about just what Aldrich got up to in the millennia preceding Dark Souls 3. Aldrich was once a cleric of the Cathedral of the Deep, who, um, well, developed a habit of devouring men, like you do, and devolved into little more than a sludgy pile of black goo. 
As his appetite extended to more powerful figures, he began to take on the physical qualities of those he put away. The only confirmed victim of his hunger is Gwyndolin, the youngest son of Lord Gwyn, and an optional boss in the first Dark Souls, of whom Aldrich now sports the distinctive headwear and pale, thin frame. But that's not all, worryingly. If you look closer, the magical implement on the end of his staff looks a lot like the Gravelord's sword, and his wispy, bony lower half like the one that wielded it. Could Aldrich have devoured Gravelord Nito as well? He can also use a miracle that summons the Life Hunt Scythe, the signature weapon of Crossbreed Priscilla. Ooh, that's actually quite a bit of a body pile he's racking up here. If all of this is true, then Aldrich has killed not one, but at least three previous bosses of the Dark Souls series. And if the Ashen One hadn't stopped him when they did, how many others would have wound up on his plate? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.